Hey, look out! It's the Waste and Safety Compliance Podcast, the hope for the hyper-regulated, where we unravel the regulatory mysteries of the legions of acronym-odious agencies who want to keep you perpetually licking their tall leather boots. Our goal is to help business owners and managers like you to overcome the EPA, DOT, and OSHA compliance obstacles through knowledge and understanding, breaking the circle of fear by putting the rules into plain English. The Waste and Safety Compliance Podcast is brought to you by Echelon Environmental. I am your host, Ron Harvey. Hey everybody, we're going to do uh, something a little different today. I did a little training session yesterday uh, at a waste facility and um, I thought you guys might find it interesting. It's uh, kind of the other side of the stuff I do, uh, the actual waste management. And uh, we were looking at some uh, peroxidized ethers that needed to be shipped for, to a disposal facility and how to manage those things. Uh, you got to be kind of careful with that kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to go through this uh, pretty quick and uh, I, I hope you enjoy it. Um, it is, by the way, uh, I, you can see I'm not getting all fancy today with the recording and stuff. It's uh, uh, 4.13 in the morning. I haven't even shaved. And my microphone is in the picture, but who cares? Uh, I'm going to get this out for you because I, I, think you'll find it, I think you'll find it interesting. Anyways, um, I hope you enjoy. Uh, if you have any questions, please send them to me. I, I'd, love, I'd love to talk about chemicals and waste management. All right, thank you. See ya. Here we go. Okay, great. All right, so what we're talking about here today is that we've got some ether, okay? Diethyl ether right here, okay? And uh, just so I read it on the label there, I think. Diethyl ether. Now, what's the problem? Do you guys know what the problem is with ether? Well, first off, it's flammable as I'll get out. All right, that's, that's the first problem. The second problem is that if it's stored for too long, okay, it can form peroxides. You've probably heard of that before, right? This is a peroxide former. This is the peroxide former. Diethyl ether is the peroxide former. And to make it even worse, um, sometimes they have uh, 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 preservatives in here, um, 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 inhibitors, okay? They put them in there to keep peroxides from forming. This bottle right here says, um, where did it say on here? Uh, that it's not uh, inhibited. Uh, well, that one, this one doesn't say it. Okay, it doesn't say it. The other one did, didn't it? Yes. But um, anyways, so so this this ether is not inhibited. The inhib the, the inhibitor prevents uh, peroxides from forming. So the next question is, how old is this? Okay. That's the next question you have to ask when you got uh, uh, peroxides or uh, uh, ethers, any kind of peroxide former. Because uh, the older they are, the more peroxides they can form because they just continually form. So um, the question then is, okay, let's see here. Date received, uh, August 23rd of 2001. Okay, uh, that's old, all right. Uh, expired in 2006. So this thing has been on the shelf for 12 years. That's a, that's a pretty darned old uh, peroxide. As a matter of fact, these aren't the same as the other ones, were they? Because those things were only like three months over. These might be different. 
I didn't even notice that we had yeah, two different kinds. Okay, all right, so now. Tetrahydrofuran is also an oxide or a peroxide form of potentially that was stored with these. Right, okay, so the problem with the peroxides is if the peroxides are too high, we can't ship them for disposal. They're, they're, none of the disposal facilities will accept them. So what we got to do is we got to test the uh, uh, the uh, the ether for peroxides. And to do that, we have this uh, peroxide um, test strips that we use. Um, Quantofix, my favorite. Okay, um, and these will give us a pretty good reading of what the peroxide level is in these containers. So. We open this baby up, pull a couple of them out. These are really very simple to use, okay? You, you dip it into the liquid for a second, you pull it out, shake it a bit, give it five seconds. And then you look for this, uh, this one little patch right down here, way down on the bottom there. It will turn blue if it's got peroxides and it will turn shades of blue. Very, very slight to medium to really dark blue means, ooh, crap. All right, so we gotta open this baby up. Now this one is at room temperature. So the question is, uh, gee, is that a problem? Well, yeah, for peroxides it is because the boiling point of this stuff is 32 degrees, 32, no, it's 34 Celsius, okay? Yeah, right now, we're just right at about the boiling point for this stuff. The temperature outside is about the boiling point. That's bad, okay, in general. So, isn't that cute? <clears throat> Sealed for quality, all right? That's basically a little uh, uh, beer bottle kind of seal, which is, which is about, about average for these things. You gotta kind of pry this off just a bit. You might be able to hear there's a little bit of pressure in there. Okay. Okay, so. Now when you're doing this, you don't want to get any crud inside there. And I'll show you why. You want to make sure that you don't contaminate the ether that's in the bottle with any other stuff. Let's just see if you get your um, bubbles around already. Nope. We're just getting them when we put our test strip yeah. in there. Now this is important to notice, okay? Because we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this some more. But first, we've got to test the, the, uh, the peroxide level. So, kind of shake any, any dust stuff off of there. Open that baby up. And get it wet. Okay, it's nice and wet, and shake it, shake it, shake it, four, five, six, seven, okay, note guys, look at the color, okay, you can see that this pH, uh, pardon me, this peroxide test strip turned very slightly blue. Now, if you look at it according to this scale, okay, I would say it would match right around three parts per million of peroxide in this bottle. Okay? Now that, so that's a positive test. So that's a big deal when it comes to peroxides. Now let's see if 
It didn't do it, Doug. I know it didn't. Oh, man, I'm so disappointed. It's too cold. Well, no, I, I took it out an hour ago. I mean, it's room temperature right now. Is it? Oh, yeah, this one is. <laughs> Let's take our other ones out. Each of you guys got your gloves on. Each of you grab. Okay. So, so, so there. I mean, that is as simple as it gets, okay? And then when you put this cap on, make sure it's pretty tight. Uh, no, no, you'll never get this thing back on. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then, by the way, this glass here is about twice as thick as normal glass because these things build up a lot of pressure when it's hot. A lot of pressure. What, what, what's the packing group for diethyl ether? It's packing group one. It's packing group one hazardous material. Pretty damn dangerous stuff. Okay? So, so that was it. Um, so say if that was outside, so, you can, uh, here we got diethyl yep. diethyl ether, very slightly peroxidized. Three parts per million is not much. If it was okay. Like Who? What would happen is that when you it when, when, you, when you open this up, it would begin to boil. It would blow the cap off. No. No, never happened. No, it wouldn't do it. Um, because, I mean, come on, they ship these things all the time. They don't ship them refrigerated. They sh I mean, they ship this stuff every day. So, so they've got it in a container that will hold probably temperatures up to 140 degrees. Okay? But if, if this, if, I mean, like I said, the boiling point of this stuff is, uh, what, about 92 degrees, say, 92. So if you've got this stuff at 100 degrees and you pop that cap off of there, it's going to boil. I mean, it's going to boil like water boiling, and you see vapors coming off, and that'd be bad. It was uh, boiling do, this morning. Do, do you know what you do? When, if you have, okay, listen, if you ever have something like that happen, and yeah, no, it's just not doing it. Um, I don't think it's warm so, enough. Warmer now than it was <laughs> this morning. So, anyways, um, don't panic, okay? It's boiling. It's not hot. It's just boiling because the, the, the boiling point of this stuff is so low. Just put this cap on nice and tight. And what that'll do is as it, it'll still boil as it's, as it's going in here, and, and it will build up pressure inside the bottle. When that pressure reaches a high enough point, it'll stop boiling. And that's because of a complicated relationship between boiling point and pressure. <laughs> but it's, 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 th that's what happens, okay? Now, after I finished that uh, discussion with the guys there, I did bring up another topic a few minutes later, but I forgot to, there, there was no way for me to edit it. I, actually, I didn't even record it. So I wanted to mention something that's really, really important. The, the ether problem, okay, is as you can see, I mean, that was a, a very old bottle. I, I was just handling it like it was any other chemical. But that's because that container had never been opened, okay? It was completely unopened, never unsealed, and I knew that. But if you go to a shelf and you've got a 10 or 12 or 15-year-old ether sitting on the, on, this, on the shelf and it has, and it's only uh, half full, it's been opened. If it's been opened, then air has been allowed to get into the, the container. The additional oxygen in the air accelerates the peroxide formation okay now that can make a huge difference if you come across a bottle of ether that's been sitting on the shelf for a long long time and it has uh, and it had been opened in the past don't touch it let me repeat myself don't touch it
Don't even touch it. It could be extremely dangerous. So that would be a, a situation where you'd want to get some experts involved because uh, people have picked up those kind of bottles and they blow up and they get really hurt or worse. So I just wanted to make sure that I covered that very important fact. Okay, so anyways, uh, I, think I'm, I think I got this recorded. I'm really kicking this out this morning. Okay, all right, thanks everybody. Take care, be careful. Goodbye. Are you feeling overwhelmed by inconceivably complex and constantly changing environmental health and safety responsibilities at your facility? Do you want to feel confident that you're doing this very important job well? Are you working without a net, with no instructors or support that you can turn to as you struggle with questions about the regulations? Can you tell the difference between a PEL and a POS? There is hope, because the EHS Manager's Facility Compliance course is coming to the rescue soon. This in-depth course is unlike any other regulatory compliance training out there. You will get plain English explanations of the EHS obligations that your business faces every day. We will cover the OSHA requirements for workplace safety, the EPA rules for waste and chemical management, and the DOT regulations for hazardous material shipping, and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration's boundless mandates for CDL drivers. There will be no fluff and no nappy time during this extensive course. You will be handed just the nuts and bolts and tools you need to keep your facility in compliance. Please stay tuned because the EHS Manager's Facility Compliance course is coming to the rescue soon.